All right, we will begin in three, two, one. Hello. Hi. We are back. From the grave. Indeed, it has been it has been a week since last recording. Welcome to the Omnicast with Lady Cookery and Jackie Atlas. It is currently two minutes past midnight on February the twentieth. Uh, 2021. And we're recording from the pizza pocket at the end of the universe. Yes, indeed, we are. It is today. We, we've we been, we took a week's hiatus because we were busy, had things to do, had stuff to do. But we're back. We're back and uh, we've got some fresh talk, topics to talk about. Yeah. But first, uh. of course, every every beginning of these introductions. How have you been over the past week? I've been, like, pretty decent. Staying alive. Staying alive like the Bee Gees? Yeah. Hell yeah, that's how you do it. The Sandman on the train was watching. (laughs) Sounds like some very Lovecraftian stuff right there. Truly. Just like, make a whole novel about it. Me. The salmon on it's just like the salmon on the train. He follows me wherever I go, reminding me of my guilt. I can always feel him in the other car. I can, al- <laughs> I can always feel him in the other room whacking off. No. I can always feel him whacking off. It scares Don't me. Let him- Don't let him hear me fap. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let him hear me fap. He make my pee pee flap. Five point one surround sound fap. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we were um, we took a week off. Of course, we got to do the key check. Bagheera is laying on my bed like a sweet boy. Aw, how he's been okay. He's been good, hasn't he? He's been a great little boy. I cleaned his litter box very freshly, so I think he's pleased. <laughs> he he just what he's just like yes, yes, woman. <laughs> you have done well. You have done well. You have not embarrassed me. I shall award you one blast. <laughs> one bladder. <laughs> I will not remove your ankles tonight. <laughs> remove them remove my ankles they are fully gone god I nearly turned into cor- corpse husband there Ugh. um Tommy Torini he opened up his own sandwich shop was dealing weed on the side wasn't really harming anybody but I needed to bust him for my monthly quota. and then afterwards he started putting weed in the sandwiches. And then the kids ate the weed. And then after that, he shit himself. Shit himself proper. Like MC Shitter. He's just everywhere. He just went. Stay second. No problem. Top of the microwave. So, anyways, we will. Um, 
we shall get on to the first segment in which we will talk about, of course, you know who, we know who, Dragon Quest Eleven. How I fell in love with the game again after putting it off for like an entire fucking year. For an entire cosmic hour. Indeed. Let us go. What? Welcome. And let's start. And we're and we're here. Hurrah. Hello. Anyways, so I believe you've heard of a game called Dragon Quest. Yes. Dragon Warrior if you're an asshole. Mm-hmm. Dragon Quest eleven. <sighs> Honestly, I fell back in love with the game, dude. How dare you? How dare I? It's a good game. It's so good. How dare you have fun? <laughs> fun is not allowed. Fun has to go in the toilet. <laughs> Where it belongs. <laughs> no, but belongs. Uh, we actually got a little bit of um. We actually got a little bit of a punch. I just noticed the music in the background. Is that end of a, end of a small sanctuary? Yeah, I fucking knew it. It's Silent Hill. Mm, I love it. <laughs> nice choice, man. Nice choice. Oh, I love it. It's just my relaxing music. Ah, oh, so good. Anyways, back to Dragon Quest. <laughs> um. Yeah, I got sidetracked by Silent Hill. Goddamn. We should do a segment where we just talk about Silent Hill. Like next next week or something. That'd be pretty cool. It would be. Goddamn it. Sh- it should be. It'd be so cool. But um Uh what was I gonna say? Yeah, Dragon Quest eleven. What a whimsical game it is. It's really whimsical. I love it. You get to hear the sweeping orchestra. Oh yeah, it's so fucking cool. And not only that, uh you get the um you get the special um what's it called? You get the special thing of uh it feels like an organic story in a way. Like it's it like a really goes out of the quests. Yeah, like it's really organic and even the main quest line of it. It's really it's really really organic in a way you know mm-hmm. good at its content delivery oh yeah by I fucking far dude by fucking far it is it's really 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 cool um anyway it's like it's so, it's like, what's the word I'm looking for? It's lighthearted and thingy that I don't, It it's meant to make you feel, and it does. It doesn't, like, force it down your throat like some games do. It it's tries like to an build atmosphere. Yeah, it's like, it tries to, it's like, hey, you know this, like, you can get emotionally invested in this if you want, 
we we're not going to force you. You can like the story if you want, and if you don't, well, that's fine. Get your buddy holes. Um, yeah, and also I like the fact in Dragon Quest that the enemy names are very what's the word pun related. Oh, very Japanese of them to do. They well, love their punny names. Um, it's like it's like it's one crab enemy in it is called a crabba dabba do. Just really having the, fun. Uh, uh, what else is there? Um, there's also um, <laughs> um, there's a. I think in Dragon Quest Heroes Two, there's a skill called Immune Criticism that gives you part of your chance to nullify damage from crit hits. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Uh-huh. Seems like it'd be a all... Disco Elysium. Yeah. Um, and then there's also um, there's an enemy that's like a mix of a cow and a bird and it's called a buffalo wing. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. It's so fucking funny and it's so fucking cool. Because it's just like you know, <laughs> it's just like it, ta- it doesn't take itself seriously like some JRPGs. It just it takes itself seriously enough. Yeah, just... it, it like it it like throws little like whimsical puns at you, and it's like it's meant to be all like bright and colorful and ooh and everything. But like you know, um, what else is there? There's a cruel cruel cumber. It's like a giant. Mm-hmm. It's like a cucumber looking enemy with a spear called a cruel cumber. And it comes in yeah. <laughs> I hope not. The fucking things look weird. Um, like you fungal chump stumps, and my favorite. You're gonna have to search this up. It's called a sham hat witch. Oh, I uh, can't search it up at the moment, but I'll I'll have they're to. Essentially, they're essentially little hogs with like witch ha- oversized witch hats on. <laughs> They look very funny, and they're kind of one of my favorites in the game at all, because it just it just looks so whimsical and so funny that you're like, oh, that's adorable. But they're really strong. They can just they're like easily destroy. Yeah, they can. It's fucking funny. Um, what else is there? There is, there is the. Uh, oh, sorry, scratching my fucking beardo. Then there's beard. Then there's um. Oh, I'm trying to think. What was my favorite one that made me like, fucking just be like, oh come the fuck on, um. Get out of here. Yeah, I was literally like, oh, for fuck's sake, are you kidding me? 
Um, I think, oh yeah, it's like this weird, like, gremlin-looking creature in a fucking cyclone, like a tornado. <laughs> it's called a cyclone. That's pretty funny. It is, yeah. It's just like, I like it. Oh, yeah. And it's like a man in a tiger suit called a wear tiger. Get it? Because he's <laughs> wearing the tiger. Yeah, it's fucking, it's so fucking cool. Because they just like, you can tell that it doesn't take itself seriously. It's not like, oh, this is a serious enemy. It'll kill you. It'll do this. It'll do that. You know. You little fucker. Until it's like, oh yeah, guess what? Here's a. Uh, let me take an example. Oh yeah, you've encountered a new enemy, and its name is a haystack needler. <laughs> yeah, it's like it and just you have to it, find it, its weakness. Yeah, it's like you know, it's like oh, here comes a splatty punk. Here comes a succubat. Here comes a <laughs> coralotus. It a correlates bro- to coralimator. A broliminator, which is just an animated, like, an animated umbrella. <laughs> a broliminator. <laughs> you see what I mean? Like, it just doesn't take itself seriously. And I think that's, like, the charm to it. The charm. Yeah, and also we have Eleven, who's in Smash. You know, the Dragon Quest hero. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, he's called Eleven. Eleven. He's called that's, Eleven. Yeah, that's cool. but... Um, what if but Eleven like, from Stranger Things was in Smash? No, we want. We don't want that. <laughs> we do. We do. Stranger Things already had its thing for Dead by Daylight. What about Dead by Nightlight? Dead by the Gaslight. <laughs> yeah. It, it's just a game that lies to you the whole time, and it doesn't <sighs> teach you the actual mechanics. And when when you try and question it, it starts questioning your grip on reality because it's gaslighting you. <laughs> it's like fuck you, read book. <laughs> uh, but um, like what I really, 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 really love in um Dragon Quest is the characters. The characters are so fucking like charming. Yeah, they are. They got personality and charm and it feels organic you got uh, Jade the serious martial artist chick who is kind of attractive just kinda just kinda you got Veronica who's the small obviously she's like oh I'm I got turned into a kid by a curse you know obligatory lolly character and what have you by a lolly lover that had magic Mm-hmm. it's weird but um, what else was there? The Serena, who's like the good-hearted pure girl, you know, you know the typical pure maiden type, and yeah. she's the healer, obviously. You got Eric, the dashing nerve. Then you got my boy, Silvando. <laughs> very Silvando. He fucking gears shit, and he's flamboyant, and he makes the game much more better to play because he's just so out there. He's just so extra to the point where, like, it makes even the gloomiest of cutscenes like laughable. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I was getting my ass kicked by a. Oh, what was this? I was in Dundrasil looking for so looking for a recipe book, like the Dundrasil place, and I ran into this type of enemy, which is like a. It's basically like a raven holding a skull, and it's called a raven lunatic. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, um, back to the puns. 
But um, um, and like I got, I think it managed to cast um, whack on me, which is like a insta kill spell. It has like a chance to work or not, and it did. Oh yeah. But Sylvandor fucking attacking it and being all like, "I'm on fire," and then just like blowing flame at it. I'm like, "You just turned my like." negative into a positive that's amazing how was how one character this fucking great <laughs> that's amazonianly amazing mm-hmm. um oh one more one more one more um a couple of more thingies like uh, enemy names otter shambles it's like a wear tiger except it's like a guy in a otter costume <laughs> it's called otter shambles I love it. It's, it's an otter shambles, guy. And then there is a. Oh, let's have a look. A hat ham witch, which is just a sham hat witch, but it's a stronger version of it. I Sounds know, pretty it, elite. Very whimsical. Am I? Is it not? Nagato thinks it is. Oh yeah, he does. He likes watching me play Dragon Quest. Loves to watch the TV. He does indeed. Um, I mean, he likes it more when I play Persona because he actually likes the music from it. <laughs> does he mm. mop his head? He does, yes. <laughs> what a good boy. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, and then there's this headless knight thing that comes at you, and it's like got a poncho on. It's called the he- Headless Honcho. The headless heckin' honcho. Hell yeah, the headless heckin' honcho. What a boy. <laughs> um, Just living uh, the best life he could. Yeah, exactly. And then there's the ham sham witch, which is the ultimate version of a sham hat witch. <laughs> then there's lobster monsters, masqueraders. It just goes and goes. Bad hair, gloomnivore, wackalite. Um, <laughs> that dude's whack. Yeah, it, it's just like a. It's just like it, it's all like super. Just it's all whimsical, and it doesn't like take itself so seriously. One last one, Jackal Ripper. It's like a. <laughs> it's like a beast thing with cl- like martial art claws on it, like Satan. And it's called the Jackal Ripper. You get it? Jack the Ripper? Jackal Ripper? It's fucking cool. It's so yeah. whimsical, and I love it. It's fucking amazing. I think it's so good. Um, <laughs> but, like, oh, it's it's just so fucking cool. It just um, gives you the genies and your steamies. Oh, it does. It really does, because it's just, like, it's good. It's good to have a game like that that just doesn't take itself seriously, and it doesn't, like, Try to enforce that seriousness. Yeah. yeah, it's just like, hey, we're gonna make a load of puns. If you don't like that, don't play the game. If you do, welcome. <laughs> welcome, my friends. Mm, uh, yeah, and like, also speaking of characters like Silvando, God fucking bless that guy. There's also like Rab, and Rab is. He's like the granddad. He's like the granddad type. Ah, uh, a gilf. 
No, 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 no. He's like he's he's like the granddad type. He's like you know the granddad that you you like. He like you want to fuck. No, stop sexualizing <laughs> rap. Ugh. No, you love me. No, I don't. Bear daddy. No, <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will take. I will take the fucking. I will take the tie I've got on my dot, and I will hang myself from the wardrobe. No, <laughs> hell. Um, but like, um, <laughs> it's like, it's like so fucking. It's like he's like one of those types where he's like, oh yeah, um, you know, or because he's Scottish as well. Like, Dragon Quest has a lot of different accents and places that are based on like real life places. Like Porto Valor is like a Spaniard villa town. Um, Spaniard, if you will. Yeah, and um, Galopolis is like Arabian. <laughs> and Octagonia is like. Everyone in Octagonia talks like a southerner, so they talk like, you know, I swear as I'm southern, that type of thing. Like very Texan. You know, that type of thing, but it's not like Wild West or anything. It's like a fighting arena. Is it like Will Smith's Wild Wild West? No. <laughs> oh, wild, Your favorite. Wild West. I actually like Wild Wild West. It's such a good film. Um, it is. Crazy. It is, yeah. Um, it gives me nostalgia for the early 2000s. Yeah. Um, but like uh, recently, when I've been playing smash as hero to keep myself on track normally i say my commands like because hero's downbeat is he gets a command list of four randomly chosen spells and so i know which yeah. one i cast and i say the name of it so if it's like oh whack whack oomph accelerate all that type of thing yeah. you know it's all That's that type of thing cool. it's just like to keep you on track and stuff but in this game like i don't know the the hero i have at the moment we just beat um, the spider boss in Octagonia, and he is—he's a glass cannon to say the least. He's got a glass jaw. He has, in a way, because he's meant to be like the defender type, you know, sword and shield fighter, equal amounts of attack and defense, that type of thing. He gets his ass torn up like tissue paper sometimes, and I'm just like, "What the oh, fuck?" Me too. So, Tell me about it. So I need to like um so what I've been trying to do is I've been trying to like thingy them up and I finally got the blueprints to get the Dracilian armor, which I've stuck to throughout my last playthrough. That sounds pretty powerful. Oh the Dracilian armor is such a godsend. And it makes you kind of look like Warrior of Life from Final Fantasy. So that's a good thing. The Warrior of Raito. Indeed. And there's also like yeah, I like his look. And also, I can't wait until I get um, what's it called? Um, I can't wait to get um Hendrick in my party so I can learn Hatchet Man. Or the Jimmy Hendrix. Or the um, what's it called? The Margin Slash, where it's essentially just an all-or-nothing critical attack. 
Yeah, it, demon smash. It's a fifty-fifty percent chance of you hitting it and it doing godly amounts of damage. But um, doing coordinate. Yeah, it does like godly amounts of um, damage, but um, it also it could also miss really easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It can miss the stuff. Well, I can say this and smash hatchet man is a fucking bullshit. Hatchet man. Because what it does is it costs fifteen. It costs uh, fifteen MP to execute, and it has a start up time of three seconds. But it has fucking. It it gives you thirty five percent damage, and it can kill you as early as forty five percent. So if you're at forty five percent. And you get smacked by Hatchet Man, you're fucked. You're out of there. You're dead. Bear in mind, you're done, Joe, buddy. Bear in mind that Hero already has a random critical chance to hit. So yeah. you just send you flying regardless if he misses it. Hero's broken. That's all I'm going to say. Hero's broken as fuck, but broken. I love him. AF. Well, I only use 11. Sometimes I use a. Sometimes I use like, what's his name? The guy with the bandana, you know, from uh, Dragon Quest Eight. Um. Yeah. 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 That guy. I know the one. Sometimes I like using him, but I prefer using Eleven overall. That's cool because when you do um, the Giga Slash, you see all the other heroes from the previous Dragon Quests. Oh, so it's like a wicked legacy yeah, family attack. Because Giga Slash is only used by the the heroes from the Dragon Quest series. And you see like Edric, you see Edric, you see Roland, you see like you see everyone. And they put the swords together and raise up the sky. And then here the hero that you play as, which is like Eleven or Troy. I call him Troy because the Ragsy gets is the Trojan set. The Troy Baker set. The Trojans. And uh, he's called... Um, and, you know, you just do the Giga Slash and it's so fucking cool. But here's a little thing. Truly. In Smash, he actually has Metal Slash. You know, the one that you use to take out the Metal Slimes? Yeah. Yeah, he has that, and literally, if you turn yourself metal, I was in a match against a hero. I turned myself metal because he was pummeling me. I was like, ha you can't get me now. He used metal smash and won the match with it. I was like, <laughs> you lucky fucking bastard. Metal really slash. Yeah, literally, metal slash, out of nowhere, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was shocked, but at the same time, I was like, you have some luck, my friend. Well fucking done. He uh, just got it out real quick. Yeah, like, it's so cool. It's so cool. Um. Oh, yeah, I believe we have a guest next on the show, don't we? Mr. Bieber. We have Jokes. Sam. <laughs> we have Sam talking about yokai. <laughs> Samu Samu. Which will be coming in the next segment starting now. Wait a second. A new opponent has interrupted the tournament. <clears throat> Yo. 
So I understand that I'm talking about some yokai. Yeah. Hell yeah. Anyways, nice to meet you. My name is Sam. I am Nadia. Nadia, nice to meet you. Yeah. Anyways, I believe we should start, shouldn't we? Get the show on the chode. Indeed. Let's do this. Um, so I guess I should introduce myself, huh? Samu Samu. Well, my name is Samanosuke Inuzaki. My I am a protector altar of Jackie's, and I am a Oni. I'm non-human. Pretty badass. Indeed, I am an Onigama. And I thought I would, I requested that I would come on the show and I would talk about some of my clan, or more specifically, some yokai. Yokai pop. Mm-hmm. So, a quick, like, little introduction to yokai is essentially we are supernatural creatures from folklore from um uh nihon or japan as you guys know it um it can be like it can be translated as like monsters demons spirits goblins you know basically anything that's not like thing but also in the world of yokai it can include ghosts transformed humans Spirit possessions, urban legends, um, gods, even some gods. Um, wow. Yeah, there's a lot to it. Um, and obviously, somewhere along the war, somewhere along the way, there are a lot of us. And I will give some look into what we are. As a species, educate us. Indeed. So, essentially, I am an Oni. Um, we are essentially how you say we're essentially sort of like bestial ogre demon types. You know what I mean? Yeah. We're like we dress normally in um garbs of uh, animal pelts we have giant clubs we're normally characterized by like red blue green yellow abnormal skin colors horns um and we also norm normally depicted with like um kanbo clubs as well as um tusks in a way well, i see mm-hmm um Essentially, um, essentially, what we what we are is we're essentially like you know giants. Some some of us are standing taller than like really tall men, but some of us are huge, like the size of trees. Hmm. Yeah. Um, we all ex we all possess extreme strength and constitution, and sometimes we are known to use the uh, onmyoji magic. Ooh. Yeah, I am unfamiliar. 
Sometimes. Normally we use um, iron clubs known as combo to like just fucking kill people for the fun of it and stuff. I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't do that now. Personally, I reform my ways ever since I met my lovely wife, Vixen. Um, I used to, I used to be barbaric, but I calmed down. I settled down and now I'm married to the greatest woman that I've ever, you know, spent, spent my time with on this, well, godforsaken world. (laughs) It is Um, quite here, isn't it? Kind of, I guess so. I mean, it's tolerable at least. It's being hunted down and what have you. Um... Also, um, one of the things that you don't know is normally we are we serve Enma, the ju- the judge of the damned, so to say. Yeah, kind of like the King Midas in um, the Divine Comedy. You know the the Inferno. He judges people, what have you, and sometimes we flay them, we crush their bones, we do other torments that people say are too horrible to describe but you know you can let your mind wander and think of it describe um, it to yourself yeah it's 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 a weird one but you know it's weird but as i said i'm reformed nothing to worry about me <laughs> so obviously um you know a couple of yokai don't you i'm not so sure well, I will tell you some. I'll go with one first, which is called a Yukiona, which is essentially the tr- proper translation for it is Snow Woman. Ah. And essentially what they do is they are women who died in the snow. Clutching numbers. <laughs> they have died in the snow. They have essentially died with a most common themes with uh, Japanese ghosts is that they die in a fit of rage and the vengeance brings them back to life as they are tethered to this world, so to say. Mm-hmm. But these are women who died in the snow and died in a fit of frustration and so what they have is they normally have long black hair piercing eyes um, very pale skin some say as as white as snow and sometimes their bodies are as cold as ice Um, it's said that a mere touch of a yukiona um, would give a human a deep unshakable chill you know, because you'd be touching someone who's essentially frozen. But what they normally yeah. do, what they normally prey on is they can eat ordinary food, but they also drain life energy. But they feed on it by sucking it from the human's mouth with an icy breath that also freezes the victim. So essentially, it's like a kiss of death thing. I see. Yeah. And these things are not nice whatsoever. These things are... They, these things can... Uh, normally, they normally kill. They normally just freeze you, um, drain your energy, and that's it. 
dead. But yeah. some of them, they tend to fall in love with their prey. And some even go as far to hide their identities and marry humans but eventually of course because they never age and the fact that they are ice cold to the touch means that they are you know they would eventually get discovered and be like you're not a human yeah you're you're a yukiona and it's It's weird because there's also like a tale of a man from the Yamagata prefecture claimed he was married to Yukiona before. His wife was beautiful with piercing eyes and snow white skin as um like marble as a statue. And while he loved like hot baths every night in um onsens, you know the Japanese springs. Yeah. Um his wife would just refuse to bathe in them. And it, it, it fucked with him. Essentially. He was like, that's weird. You, you, I'm not going to lie. I love a good hot bath after a long day. It's so relaxing, but it's a little weird that somebody were to refuse something like that. True. One particular like snowy night, he insisted that his wife take a bath. Otherwise she'd freeze to death in the cold. She protested, but there was no reasoning with him. So she eventually yielded and went into the bath. And when he went to check on her, there were just half-melted icicles in the bath. Jesus. So his wife just disappeared, and all that was left was icicles. So this man might have actually married a Yukiona. Which is, it's, it's unique and I like it, but at the same time, I'm a little like, wow, imagine that. It's interesting, in my opinion, anyways. But then you've got the, then there's another one, which is really interesting, called uh, Biwa Boku Boku. Which, you know what a B was? I don't. Well, a biwa is kind of like, it's like a Japanese lute. It's not exactly a shamsen, but it's like a lute in a way. And it's frequently used when you s- sing stories or poems. It's like a, it's a bard's tool, essentially. Um, but some say that a biwa, bo- biwa boku boku um, can grow a human body and dress like a blind, blind priest. And normally what they do is they um, a biwa, it's essentially it's a self-playing instrument but sometimes to mask themselves if there are dead corpses, they will animate the corpses and essentially force the corpse to play them. So they can so they can play, yes. And Biwa um, Boku Bokus are um, 
it, and it's not it was it came from a specific legend of a biwa called bokuba and essentially it was an instrument that was to set to play on its own while it wasn't looking oh but not just any normal type of music the legend has it that uh bokuba was beautiful enough to charm even an oni so it was able to charm me and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie i'm flattered by music so easily (laughs) so it probably wouldn't it would have had a good fucking chance to do that just saying (laughs) extra easy (laughs) indeed yeah definitely um oh man there's a lot of yokai i could tell you about um uh, I think I have one. I'm just trying to think. Won't make an interesting yokai to tell you about. What about a hinoenma? Hinoenma is a weird. Well, you see, hinoenma, the literal translation, well, it's also known by another name, which I'll go over to, but the translation of hinoenma is flying fate demon, but it is also known as an enshojo which is a fate-hindering woman. Um, and what they are is they take the form of beautiful women and they use that beauty to lure men. They're like fem- femme fatales of the yokai world, essentially. And with... Mm-hmm, exactly. Um, essentially what they are is they're kind of like vampires as well. They're kind of like the blood. Well, it's more not exactly. Yeah, they they feed on virility and lifebloods. So in the end, so what they do is they lure men back to their abodes and they essentially drain them dry. But what uh-huh. they like the most, they like clergy, like like men of the cloth more than anything. Nobody knows like- why. Um, nobody knows why whatsoever. Mainly on the fact of like they just, I don't know, it must be something, a lot of people speculate that it's because they um, what's the word, they I guess the whole religious aspect they kind of like taking their purity away from them in a sadistic way in a way if you get what I mean? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's... It's a, it's a weird... It's a weird, like... Um, concept, but at the same time, it's like... It's... Like I said, it's weird. Nobody knows why they go with the clergyman. But they prefer it over any man. But if they can't find a clergyman, they'll just they'll go for any man. But they never touch women, which is weird. So if they came across a religious woman, nobody knows what would happen. Although it, nothing has been documented yet. They would do a lesbianism. <laughs> they would do a lesbianism. Mm, maybe. Who knows? But Hino and Mer, not really. they're not really interested in sex, per se. They just want their meal, which is life force. Or life or blood, essentially. Here's one you might be familiar with. Its name is a Nue. Henri. 
Uh huh. Anue, which is essentially the translation. It doesn't have one, but it's written with the uh, uh, kanji of night and bird together. And it's said that this thing has the head of a monkey, the body of a tanuki, the tail of a snake, and the limbs and body of a lion. And the toes of a cat. And the toes of a keet. <laughs> um, and these things are essentially lightning beasts. They're not like the uh, Raiju, which I might go on to next. But it's little to know what their natural habitat and lifestyle are. Um, they're considered pretty evil because no matter where Nui has been, some form of a like thunderous disaster, pardon the pun, kind of comes into play <laughs> because normally a Nui is normally accompanied by um, harsh thunderstorms. If you get what I mean. Big old thunderstorms. Yes. Um... I'll do a couple more. I'll do a couple more. And then if you have any questions, you can ask me. The next one is a Yatagarasu. Yatagarasu. Um, also known as a Sansoku or a, a Kini or a Kina, which is essentially just an eight-span giant crow. Essentially, they're like three-legged crows that inhabit the sun itself. They're meant to be... I think they're meant to be like sun people. In a way. Like the Aztecs. Kind of. Um, it's, an, it's a very, very um, important figure in mythical history of, of, um, Jap- of Japan. Um, according to the um, uh, Kojigi, which is our oldest written history, um, the Yatagarasu is an incarnation of the um, is the incarnation of uh, a god known as Kamo Takatsu. You're gonna have to apologize. It's been a while since I spoke this. Kamo Taketsunumi. And essentially, it's in sh- today. And it it's like he, he the whole thing was is he led Jimu, the first emperor of Japan, through the mountains to establish the country itself. Jimen. Yes. Well, <laughs> um, I'll do two more, which will be. The Omano Jaku, or the Heavenly Evil Spirits. These things are sick. Um, sick in the head. Amanjaku are essentially they're monsters who have been who have been known before the written history of Japan. They're essentially like evil yokai who perform mischief. And stuff. Um, Evil, in particular, okay. they're known for um, provoking humans, such as yourself, 
into acting upon wicked and impish desires buried within their hearts. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what is? But one of the key things to know about a a mono um, a monojaku is that they um, they like they like doing an a leather face and cutting people's faces off and wearing them. A small skinwalker. Not skinwalker per se, but um, not a not a skinwalker per se, my friend, but um, more or less a. I think it's because they desire to be human. So what they do is the closest thing they can get to that is wearing human skin. So normally the sight of a um, like the flayed ones, the necrons. Yeah, like the necrons, like yes, exactly, like flayed ones. Those things are fucking weird. Um, but we come on to the last yokai I will talk about because I'm pretty sure you guys have got more segments to do, which would be the da the gasha dokuro. Which is essentially Dokagi. You might have seen a couple of them or heard of a couple of them because they're just giant fucking skeletons. The skeletons of giant wasps. Well, just giant humans. Essentially soldiers who rot in the fields or um victims of famines that don't get proper funerals, they are reborn as ghosts, and sometimes they coalesce, and the bones from their bodies can coalesce to make a giant skeleton known as a Gashadokuro. And these things wander around countrysides in late hours of the night. They're, you can recognize them because you hear their teeth and bones rattling, which is known, which gives off the onomatopoeia of gachi gachi which is meant to be the sound of like teeth like bones rattling um but they're not always as noisy um so what they do if they do find out find a human on the road they will creep up behind them catch their victims um crush them in their hands and or bite off their head and drink the blood nobody knows why oh wow yeah Taking the lid off the can. <laughs> they can't be killed, though. That's the bad thing. Well, they can be, but it's more of a waiting game thing. Like, they're too Gotta wait large and powerful. So, normally, they maintain their existence until the energy and malice stored up within their bodies are completely burnt out. So, essentially, you got to play the waiting game. But they disappear when the sun comes up. But they may be back the next night, so it's like not a guaranteed thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, you might the asses again. Exactly. So, um, do you have any questions for me? Because I'm happy to answer anything. Um, particularly about the ice woman. Oh, isn't that like don't don't they reference that in Demon Slayer vaguely or something? They do, and they also reference it in Pokemon, believe it or not, with the Pokemon known as Frostlass. Oh. 
Frost the Frost Blast. Frost Blast is based off of Yukiona. That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Indeed. I like learning Pokemon and shit. Yes, indeed. Well, I believe it's like um, the turtle because of the Japanese turtle little animals. Yeah, or like not the little animals. But it's like I don't know if it's a god, but there's like a little idol statue of like a turtle or something that I've seen. That's Chinese, believe it or not. That's one of the four cardinal gods. Oh, I guess I was mistaken. No, you were along the right tracks, though. It's very interesting. Like one of my favorite stories to. Um, listen to is journey of the west hmm. i've never it just enthralls me listen to chinese story proper or just like yeah watch dragon ball it's fun watched all the animes that are about the monkey king legend and like that's about it yeah i can link you to a youtube channel who actually does like mythological readings and they're doing a series on journey to the west right now that's and I have to say, it's end. completely in. It is. It's completely enthralling. It's like what was another Pokemon that was based off a yokai? Oh yeah, Lantern and Chandelure. <laughs> um, they're based off a uh, Chojin Obaki, which are the Lantern yokai. You know, the Lanterns with the um, single eye in the mouth and they breathe flames and stuff. Yeah, I think I've seen those. Yeah, those things. It's like you can draw yokai from a lot of things, but um, it's great. It's it's a wonderful world that I wish people would dive into more. Yeah, because it's like you know you've had like your Greek, property. you've had your Norse, so just dive into a little bit of yokai, see what happens, or even play the game Neo. That has a lot of them, and oh. and some of them are represented perfectly. I feel like I. But uh, anyways, indeed. Well, I'm glad that you have listened to me and took in the information I have um, spouted out to you. (laughs) Yeah. um, Though I would like to say something. If my wife is listening to this, I love you very much, and um, I hope you have a safe trip if you're listening to this on your week vacation. Um, but thank you for having me on the on of the course. podcast. I also hope my daughter Aiko wasn't too much when you were talking to her in a pro- previous episode. <laughs> I had no problems. Uh, good. She she could be a handful sometimes. But anyways, I'll be I'll be gone. Um, arigato. arigato. I will. I will. Uh, arigato daimas. I will see you. Um, I will see you soon, and I will also set a reminder to link you to that channel but farewell for now thank you for having me on farewell (sighs) okay so then do you know of typo negative I I know a little bit but not that much well recently I have been listening to a um, certain album I've been wanting to review for a while for a while Which is which is known as um, "World Coming Down," also regarded as one of the darkest. Um, how do you say? It's regarded as one of the world's. Well, 
if you're going on typo negative, it's regarded as one of the uh, darkest albums that they released on the grounds that Pete Steele, God rest his soul, was coming down with a bunch of things. He was on drugs. He was depressed, drinking a lot. He even checked himself into like a mental asylum, I think, for a bit. Or like a, you know. Yeah, like a sanitarium, but, whatever that is. Well, yeah, not that bad, like, but you know. Indeed. Um, in a way, um, it's like, it, it's not my favorite, but it's a good one. And it gives you pleasure. Yeah, October is my favorite typo negative album of all time. But Welcoming Down was... It was... It was such a... How you say... Difficult listen, in a way, because it's very... Weird, in a way. I mean, we have a couple of tracks in it, you know, like we have um, Skip It, which is just, we have like little interlude tracks, which is like Skip It, Sinus, um, Lung, you know, Liver, all that type of thing, you know? The liver. Yeah. Um, there's, and then you come to the first song, which is, I mean, I'm, first off, I'm going to say about, um, skip, it's the joke intro. It's just, um, it's stuck in a lock groove, um, of the beginning of the first song. And at the end of it, you just hear Kenny Hickey say, sucker. (laughs) It's fucking cool. It's so cool. Um, then we have the first song, which is White Slavery, which is referring to co- cocaine addiction. Oh. Um, and Steel, literal words from when Kerrang had some credibility back in 1999, Steele recalled and he said, there were a handful of times that were fucking horrible, but one night in particular was really bad, and that's when I stopped doing it. I was really depressed and homesick, and the worst part when you're coming down is when you're coming down from it. It's like five in the morning. There's no one to talk to. You're on tour bus doing 80 miles per hour. You look out the window and it looks like you're on Mars. I could off the bus while I was moving, but that would have made it too. That would have made too many people happy. (laughs) You know, like through that, um, white, white slavery is a very, it's a very dark, it's very dark. And, you know, it was good that, you know, Pete turned around. He's like, I'm fucking done with ta- like snorting cocaine. Yeah. Kicked you know, it. He's just, yeah. He kicked the habit because he finally just was like, I'm fucking done with it. And he made a good song out of it, which I really like. Um, then there's the uh, two songs after the other interlude track, which is called Sinus, called Everyone I Love is Dead and Who Will Save the Saint? Uh, you know? Who will well, save Saint Anger? 
No, we don't want to talk about Satan. We don't want to talk about the Biscuit Tin album. You do. <laughs> the Biscuit the Biscuit Tin album is... Mm, I hate it. <laughs> um, but Everyone I Love is Dead touches on like the difficulties of loss of loved ones, or even, as Pete put it in some of the lyrics, difficulties of watching family members or loved ones just die. Like, slowly whittle away, or just at the last... Yeah. You know. Uh-huh. Um... And then there is um, Who Will Save the Sane, which is, it deals with um, mental illness and psychiatry. And like I said, Pete Steele, he checked himself into a mental institution. Yeah. And I mean, hey, good on him because, you know, um, the guy was, the guy finally got the help he needed. Um, Which, and it, who will save the scene incorporates something I like it, it incorporates um, a weird oddity, which is Pete Steele reciting the number pi yeah. to the nine, nine decibel places, which is 3.14159265.3, which I found weird. I was like, when I was listening to it, I was like, Pete, what the fuck are you doing? But then I realized it's Pete Steele. What the fuck am I asking that for? It's just <laughs> fucking... <laughs> yeah, it's Pete Steele. It's it's Pete Steele doing Pete Steele, you know? Um and then after that we got liver. Actually touching on sinus, um, liver and lung, um, those were s- soundscapes. Um sig between the songs and each of the songs each of the soundscapes are intended to suggest the possibilities that the deaths of the members of the band may have suffered at the time, you know, like sinuses from the Coke habit, liver from the alcohol abuse, um, lung from smoking. Yeah. You know, um, and oddly enough, in some form of irony, Pete once told a close friend that he could not bear to listen to Sinus after it was mixed and completed because the sound of the heartbeat escalated to a furious pace after the um, the cocaine snort sound effect actually drove him to the point of anxiety. Jesus, because he was kicking the habit. Yeah, I know. Like he was, he, he was like really fucking scared of it, and God bless the guy. Um, and then there was the song "World Coming Down." It's obviously the um, the title track. It's a good song. I'll give it that. It's really, really good. It didn't tickle my fancy as much, but it was okay. It was good. I'll give it. I'll give it what it says. Um, and then we got, and then we got creepy green light. Creepy green light is. It has another oddity in it. Um, which is it has backmasking in it, you know, where they record the um, vocals backwards. Oh, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, it's um, it's it's all over the album. Don't get me wrong, but like, it's more present in Creepy Green Lights intro, and it refers to like um, 
a third person spell, so to say, of a friend's intentions to be reunited with a dead spouse. Uh, yeah, it's fucking, it's fucking dark. <laughs> like I said, World Coming Down is the darkest thing that um, they've came out with. Ever. It's, it's mm, yeah. And then we have the track Everything Dies, which was, you yeah. know, Everything Dies, that deals with um, Family Loss too. Yeah. And also the music video for um, Everything Dies portrays that as well because um, it has footage of a family having dinner with the members of the of the family, but it slowly fades away. And at the end of the, mu- the um, music video, it's like Pete Steele goes under the water, possibly drowning himself. And you could take that as like some symbology that Pete can't deal with the guilt or he feels like he's drowning in guilt. Truly. In a way, yeah. It's like I said, Pete Steele, god fucking damn. He went through a lot of shit through this fucking um through this fucking album. Just cataloging his sorrows. Mm-hmm. He did. It, it was a tough listen, especially when you've listened to Pete. What happened in uh, Pete Steele's life? And then there's Pirate of Blaze. Pirate of Blaze is my least favorite on the tr- on the track, on the entire um, on the entire studio album. My least favorite. I don't know why. I I do like World Coming Down better than it, but at the same time, like Pirate of Blaze is doesn't hit me as much. And then we come to my favorite track on the song, All Hallows Eve. All Hallows Eve is such a good song. For little Halloweenies. Um, obviously, you know, it can be seen as a callback to uh, Black Number One. You know, the one that got everyone um, really... What's the word? It got everyone... Um, that it got them the most, you know, flag number one. It was their most famous song. You know, yeah. every day is Halloween. That one, yeah. It's Halloween. And it's like, I think it's just a song about Halloween in a way, because, if you, you know, it's like... In a way... Because it just talks of like Halloweeny lyrics, like, you know, fall fires burn neath the black twisted boughs, sacrifice to above, Squir- smoke swirling quick- quickly towards misty clowns, offering of this blood. It's like it's almost like a um, pagan take on All Hallows Eve. Yeah, you know, bacon. It's like because from what it seems on the lyrics, it seems that like. Um, It seems like some sort of macabre ritual is going on, kind of. You know? Yeah. Um, it's. But I'm not going to lie, All Hallows Eve is a kicker of a song. And then we come to the closing track, which is weird because I never would have thought Typo Negative would do this, which is the Day Tripper medley, which is just four Beatles songs that are covered. 
<laughs> by typo, which are day tripper. If I needed someone, um, day tripper reprise, and I want you. She's so heavy, like a fat girl. <laughs> but like throughout this album, it was a tough listen. There were some like let ups on it, and there were some just like dark subjects that were touched upon with um pete and your mom to- i'm not gonna lie this <laughs> your mom touches upon dark subjects <laughs> <laughs> um but like it's it was just really it was a hard listen but it was like a, it was like a train it was like a train wreck you couldn't look away from it but you couldn't listen away from it because it was like a beautiful mess it was depressing it was dark it was anxious it was macabre and all fucking hell but that's the charm to it um and i have to say like for pete Steele, god fucking damn you you really outdone yourself with this like this was a golden fucking album not as good as october rust this is probably my second highest of bloody kisses would be third not a big fan of Bloody Kithers, but October Rust. Oh, fuck, I love October Rust so much. Um, October Musty Penis. But world, <laughs> but world Coming Down, yeah, I would definitely, I like it. And I will, I'm going to give it an official rating of, I'm feeling 8 out of 10. 9 Chidori's out of 10. No, not nine. Nine's a little too... No, I'll drop it to seven. Seven seems fair enough. I liked it, but I didn't like it as much. I would say... I would say October Rust is a... It's an 8.5 for me. It's not the... Ten would be like the best album I've ever listened to, but this is like the best... October Rust is the best in the discography, but this is like the mid-ground. It's not too bad, but it's not too good. It's the perfect medium. And it's dark as fuck, and I love it. So take this what you will. It's been a 15-minute um, review. I could, you know, but hey, there we go. We got through it. We did it. <laughs> we done it. We done it. And then we'll move on to the next segment. Let's go. Yeah. Aloha. Right. I'm just getting. We're going to be talking about Vaporwave this time. Waver vape. Waver vape. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Um. Just getting up my research. And let's start. Let's go. Me and Mario. Oh, I'm sorry. It is Mario. No, we're fine. We're good. Don't you worry. Um. Anyways, tell me, are you? Do you like aesthetics? Yes, I do. Do you? Do you like vaporwave? Maybe a tiny bit. Yeah. Vaporwave. Goddamn! What a fucking thing it is. Um, wave. Yeah, vaporwave. Goddamn, the granddaddy of all fucking um, internet genres. Um, it was all 
essentially vaporwave what a fucking thing this was vaporwave was first founded in the 2011s on from like online communities like turntable fm and such um but like also bandcamp seek soundcloud um last fm 4chan agora roads uh, macintosh cafe all that type of thing it was it was born on the internet essentially nobody ever thought of this but it was on the internet <laughs> um and it rised in popularity and it coincided with something we talked um in the last episode which was c-punk because uh, it shared yeah because it shared um similar aesthetic but there's a distinct difference and i think the difference is that c-punk was much more focused on the aesthetic of early like 90 cg and mm-hmm. um aquatic life and you know like the sea and what have you oh, but vaporwave cast a broad act over aesthetics such as like late 80s to late 2000s sometimes crossing over y2k aesthetics um uh-huh. but some people will m- generally mark um um you know that as that um and there's like an air of ambiguity whether to say that a vaporwave artist is either celebrating the rampant capitalism that essentially birthed the aesthetics of it or ironically mocking it at the hollowness of it all. But hey, what can you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's normally characterized by its samples of like late like eighties and nineties music, so like lounge, like mostly just like lounge, smooth jazz, muzak, all that type yeah. of stuff. The samples were normally like pitch down layered altered chopped around screwed that type of thing you know bang bang um however it started to incorporate more original com- compositions nowadays with a, a great album called um 2814 yeah um a birth of a new day um then some artists have to like get created with the physical mediums that they have you know like Sometimes they, they, believe it or not, they sell cassettes. Some even sell fucking floppy disks of their albums. <laughs> they go off the handle with the fucking aesthetic. Let me tell you that. Let me tell you that for nothing. They go off the fucking handle whenever they want. Um, but one of the um, one of the people who started it was Vectroid, who went under the name Macintosh Four Twenty who created the quintessential Vaporwave album of Floral Shop. Ah. Yeah, Floral Shop, um, which was a... It was fucking weird. It was so weird, because when I listened to that song, um, I didn't catch on to the Vaporwave scene until about like 2017, when it was mm-hmm. dying on its ass, before it got like a giant kick up the ass. When it came to 2018 and 19, um, it was like, it was very hypnagogic in a way. It was very chill, but it was also like, you know, 
quite turbulent. Yeah, it was turbulent in a way. Uh. Um, the first term of vaporwave was on a October 2011 blog post by an anonymous re- user reviewing the album um, "Served Pure Hearts" by Girlhood. But, however, um, the first person who um, coined the term vaporwave and was properly considered the first of its genre was, of course, Macintosh Plus with Floral Shop, um, which is a weird fucking album. Might I just, like, add that? It's fucking weird. Um, And obviously it grew and grew and grew and grew to the point where, like, you have other artists chipping in like St. Pepsi, Windows 96, Telepath, Infinity Frequencies, Corp, um, Luxury Elite, Blank Banshee even. Uh, you can even go on and say that um, Namesh did it as well. Um, as well as um, Deep Fantasy. You know, like... Um, yeah. Well, I don't deep fantasy. I know Blank Banshee and stuff, but oh, Blank Banshee's a fucking great dude. <laughs> yeah, I love that music. He's fucking cool. I love him. Um, and it's great. been it's it's literally it's from a niche internet genre that started in 2011 as kind of like you know a small thing. It grew over the years. It died for once, and then it got kicked up. Like I said, it got kicked up the ass, and a lot of people thinking it now. Um, like, you know, and it's spawned a lot of um, um, genres such as Echo Gems, which is like made from Echo like a Gems. short, yeah, like Chuck Person, Chuck Person's uh, Echo Gems Volume One. It was a there was a visual album to it, and this was considered to be the very beginning of vaporwave. But a lot of people sweep it under the radar in favor of um, Floral Shop. Yeah. Which is the weird. And then, and then obviously we have Vaporwave's Happy Go Lucky Sibling, which is Future Funk. As we know from St. Pepsi and all those other guys, and Tanuki even. Yeah. And then there's Hard, hard Vapor. Hard Vapor, I'm not too fond of. There's like Hypnagogic Pop. Mallsoft, Mallsoft's like you know this music that you hear in the the malls, the Muzak in a way. Yeah. It's like remixed anonymously, soft like rock Muzak that one might hear while going through a shopping mall. And it also has like even little like audio cues, like um, you can hear like working and people walking around and talking and what have you, you know? Yeah. Like being a hustle bustle of a mall, of a mall. Sorry, uh, ah, sorry about that. Um, then you get Signal Wave, which is like, um, it focuses on like old media sampling from like television ads and radio and weather channels and everything like that. Yeah, which also gets the name. It gets another name, which is Broken Transmission. It's like, uh, it's weird. It may also incorporate like smooth jazz into it. and But Signal Wave was still unknown. We're not going to talk about Simpson Wave because I hate it. 
It's just stuff. And then that... recently, there's a new thing that came. It was a little thing that came out in 2013, which was known as Vapor Goth, which was like industrial with mixed with a uh, vaporwave, which didn't fucking work. I'm not gonna lie, it didn't fucking work whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And you got vapor funk, which is just um, it's slightly less energetic than fable than future funk, but it you know. And then we got. Vapor Trap, which includes the person we just started about, which we just started talking about, which was Blank Benchy himself. What a good little guy. Indeed. Um, obviously, it's like trap music, but it's more aesthetic-y. It typically goes between like eighth notes, eighth note triplets, 16 notes, 16 notes triplet, but it also has like an 808 bass or um, medium to slow tempos. Um, honestly, do you want to know something? We should review a fucking Black Banshee album. That would be pretty nice. I, I would be down. Yeah, I would be down too. I mean, probably not mega. Probably something from like his old discography. No but like, yeah. But like, there's literally like a ton of fucking genres, and I can list them all off if I need to. Because there's a ton of fucking genres. I don't know all because obviously there's still stuff. There's like a classic vapor, hypnagogic, hypnagogic funk, plunderphonics, VHS pop, VHS funk, future funk, chill wave, synth wave, out, out, um, outrun, retro wave, sea punk, witch house, glow, fi, vapor trap, vapor hop, vapor funk, cloud rap, post vapor, proto vapor, pizza wave, don't know what the fuck that is, meme wave, late night lo fi, broken transmission, signal wave, dream wave, vapor noise, echo jams, mall soft. The fucking sky is the limit when it comes to that. You know, a lot of people just like to, a lot of people just like to point and go, vapor wave. It's just vapor wave, nothing else, nothing more. It's just intrinsically vapor wave. Um, like I said, same Pepsi, same Pepsi's private color. That's a good one. So is surfing's lifetime. Really good. It, it's just stuff to throw on in the background and just chill and relax to, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. And um, which does. Yeah, exactly. Um, which kind of does bring us to our last segment. The final. The final segment. The final. Um, and like, I fucking, I just really like voice. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ! I just like really like um different types of um. Obviously, like I said, I like really different types of vaporwave and everything. Um, You're not the typical vaporwave kind of person. Well, that's the thing. Some people with vaporwave can get really fucking pretentious with it. Ah. Which I don't like. Which really does my fucking head in. Um... It's it's dumb, but hey, what can you do? Am I right? What can be done about it, mate? Yeah, what can, what can be done about it? But we'll move on to the last segment, which is music discoveries and, you know, 
other other in the outro and of course that piece of music we recommended so i will see you in the next i will see you in the next segment let's go beep beep all right we here i hear we here Anyways, so, outro segment. So, have you been listening to any new music or any music that's caught your eye? Um, I've been listening to more like Fleetwood Mac and stuff. Oh? And I recently got back into this band called Loa. That, um, the singer in it is actually the daughter of, um, the guy who formed, like, you know, Bad Company? Who, that, oh, yeah, that I song? Know Company, yeah. So the main guy of that, his daughter, is the singer for Boa. Oh, interesting. Yeah, oh. and like I, re- I really love. I just, I think it's their first album. I forget what it's called, but it's the song with Duvet on it, and Duvet is actually on this anime called um, Serial Experiments Lane. Uh, oh yeah, it's like the opening, and that's how I discovered them. It's like it's one of my favorite songs. Well, it's just really like 90s and like mm, very dull and, and, and sad. Oh, yeah. Sounds fucking cool, actually. I wouldn't mind that. Um, well, recently, I am... I'm going to admit it. I listened to um, the Persona 4 soundtrack again. Dank. That's a good soundtrack to re-listen to. Mm-hmm. You should love it more. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, it's so fucking cool. I mean, personally, it's like it's got one of the songs called "Shadow World" on it, which just is like it's just it's a total feel-good song, in my opinion. Ironic. It's such a feel-good song, and it's so cool. I know. It just uh, makes you feel like a big Bieber. But I've also been listening to the Silent Hill original soundtracks. Like two, three, and four. Oh, nice! And I have to say, a lot more sound design did go into four. Yeah, it seems like that's when he hit his musical stride, um, Yamaoka. Yeah, like two's great. Two was masterful, and three was good. But like four hit the nail on the head so fucking well, in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I really like the music and the sound design in that one. And I'm gonna say because it makes it extra scary. Yeah, and I'm not gonna lie. Um, Silent Hill Four, underrated game, so underrated. Oh, I would have to agree. It's so fucking underrated. And there's a lot of like hidden stuff in it. Like, fair enough, some of it was cut. But I would really like to see if they did like a redo of it. I would love to see what would come of that. I say the same thing about Devil May Cry Two. Devil May Cry Two was terrible. Yeah. But if they remade it, I would definitely buy it again to see what happens. Yeah, I think they could actually improve upon a game like that. Oh, yeah, definitely. There's potential there. Why don't they redo a game that people were, like, dissatisfied with, you know? Yeah, like, why don't they redo it? But they actually have, like, you know, they should give, like, Spyro into the Dragonfly. That was rushed to fuck. That's why it's so bad. But what if they took their time and actually, like, molded it properly you know 
Yeah, because there were some good levels in that game, and I liked the atmosphere. Oh, yeah. It's just that, like, um, they rushed it because they wanted a Christmas release. They literally walked in the office and was like, oh, yeah, we just got done testing, like, the first couple of levels, and they're like, yep, well, we're going to ship yeah. it off tomorrow, so... You know, and it really and... looks like it too, because all the models in that game look like they're barely on par with the PS1 models artistically. Yeah, they do. They downscaled it by a fucking ton. Um, who else did I listen to? Um, I did really, I did really like. Um, I did really like. Um, there's one Fle- Fleetwood Mac song I really like, and that's World Turning. Hmm. That's I really haven't heard good. that one yet. World Turning is such a good song. I love it. World Turning. The world is a world turning. I gotta I get my feet back down. on the ground. It's so fucking good. It's so good. Um, I've been meaning to listen to more of Rainbow. Um. Oh, is that um Graham... Richie Blackmore. Um, what's his name? Richie Blackmore and uh, Ronnie James Dio. Oh. That oh, rainbow. Just... Wait, right. The Graham guy was the one who replaced Dio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a pretty good singer. Oh, yeah. I'm actually quite a big he's fan the... of that guy. He's the one who did Since You've Been Gone, isn't it? Yeah. You know, Since You've Been Gone, did it. Since You've Been Gone, I've been out of my head, can't take it. That one, yeah. He actually fronted a metal band, that guy. Really? And yeah, and he helped out this Japanese band called um fuck, what's it called? No, Anthem? Anthem. I yeah. think they're called. Yeah, 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 I know which one you mean. Sang a couple of their hits on like an, an on a like a bonus CD. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty cool of him. I'll tell you what recently I've been trying to get back into the Japanese band known as Dire and Grey. Or Darren Gray. I don't think I've heard that one. Darren Gray are fucking weird, dude. Darren Gray are so fucking weird. But, like, they started out as, like, Visual K, but then they evolved, and fuck me, they know some stuff. That's all I can fucking say. (laughs) They know some fucking stuff. The lead singer Cure is fucking mad as well. Like he had to tone down some of his shit for live shows because he used to fish hook himself and everything. He used to throw his poop at the audience. No, he wasn't. He wasn't Gigi Allen. (laughs) Um, but like he was mad. He was fucking dumb as fuck. But he's such a good performer. It's funny because like I go on Spotify right now and um. They're mentioned in the same line as Gact. You know, God himself. <laughs> <laughs> the most famous Japanese man. I fucking love Gact. Gact is... I love him. He's great. Gact. Did, did you know that Genesis uh, uh, Rapsodos was based off Gact? That's pretty cool. Yeah, Genesis Rapsodos from... Um, Final Fantasy VII Crisis. Was it Crisis Core? I think it was. Um, At the core of the crisis. Crisis Core. Crisis. Yes. But like, um, yeah, like, 
like that must be a high fucking honor. I've seen Gak live as well. His live shows are so fucking cool. His live shows are so fucking cool. You're very lucky. Oh yeah, they are so fucking cool. He's such a cool dude too. Like he has some, some awe-inspiring presence on him. I'll give him that. It's one bad dude. But there is one song I will put at the end of this episode, which caught my eye, and I have actually been listening to it recently, which is fucking cool. Which it's called is... Dinky Slinky. <sighs> I wish there was a song called Dinky Slinky. But it's called um, <laughs> Freak by Suburban. Oh, you just call me a freak, mate. And it features an artist called Ray Army. And I haven't listened to any of her other stuff, but from her debut in that, you know, from her debut in um, Freak, she does sound really good. But I think she's only can only be tethered to one type of music. And that's Grindcore. (laughs) It's Porno Grind, actually. It's putting your fucking um, putting your microphone to your ass while you're having the violent shit music. The same, the same genre as Alien Fucker. Or cunt, or what's it called, cunt punter. Yeah. Um, punter of the cunts. Yeah. Um. But anyways, yeah. So we're back on track. We have. This has been the episode. How, how do you feel it went? I feel like that was a solid one. I feel like it was a solid one, personally. I mean, hey, we had a week's hiatus, but we're back, and hopefully we can have, turn out another one next week. Truly. Indeed. To keep it on schedule. Keep it on schedule. Keep, keep it motivated. And keep our number one fan, Bagler, um, happy. <laughs> He's always listening on the chunk waves. <laughs> He's telechunking as we speak. Call him Telechonky. Indeed. So I'm leaving you with the song Freak by um, Suburban and uh, Ray Ami. Um, and, and this has been the Omnicast. My name has been Jack Atlas. And I am Lady Kakiri. Kakiri. And thank you for listening. We will see you in the next episode. Goodbye for now. Arigato gozaimasu. Arigato gozaimasu. Welcome to our freak show, come meet my monsters Oh, such a fine collection of stranger things My patience running thinner on this melting clock Cerebrum jail with thoughts most would consider odd To think you're any different from an animal or creature sick as you should be
Collection 